everyone. Welcome to Trust the Trail. We are your outdoor guides, Ariane Petrucci. And Scott Jans. This is episode 22, Sleep at Your Own Risk. On this episode, we are going to share one of our favorite backpacking adventure trips, where to go and how to get there. You may be surprised to hear it's on an island and it is in Michigan. Then we'll give you two tips on the best way to travel with your backpack. And lastly, we will share one of our own subscribers' email questions. So, um, as guides for full moon adventures, uh, every year we get a chance to travel to one of our favorite places to go backpacking. And that is Isle Royale National Park. Um, It's the least visited national park in the entire national park system. Cool fact. Cool fact. Fun fact. Oh, right. <laughs> it's only only 15,000 people a year visit the island. Now, a lot of that has to do with the fact that it is actually closed for a large portion of the year. Yeah, well, but, you can't get there in the wintertime. Right, right, but even still, it still doesn't hold this. I think, I think one of the facts is like Yosemite sees in an entire day, Yosemite right. sees... As well more than what it takes. Oh in a yeah, full yeah, year. yeah, 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 yeah. And the, and the, this island, uh, it's only it's forty five miles long and it's only nine miles wide. But um, and the reason we like to go is because it is packed with wildlife. Well, it's not only packed with wildlife. I mean, I mean Yosemite alone is packed with wildlife to just to name that off. But it's packed with wildlife that you interact with and right. that is that is the key yeah, there yeah um and so uh we wanted to do this podcast because we love this place we want to talk about it and we, and we want, want to go back and we, well we are going back <laughs> i know um and <laughs> so we wanted excited. to share uh it's it's just a great five-day uh backpacking adventure um that really uh, it's it's you've got to you've got to do some research on it, and uh, we're gonna share some some really good info on it, and then Google it, and then book it, and then go. I mean, you know, if Absolutely. we can get you to go, so and there's a reason why we named this podcast "Sleep at Your Own Risk" because uh, at Iroyal National Park, when you go to bed, you miss everything. It is advisable to take short naps in the daytime. Absolutely. And not sleep at night because what I learned very, very quickly on my first trip to Isle Royale is that if you sleep, you miss out on some of the most breathtaking opportunities that you can actually gain in a wilderness environment. So we say sleep at your own rest. Now, we do advise sleeping for a five-day backpacking trip. <laughs> at some point in time. <laughs> but not at night and definitely not at dusk. So Yeah. So here's the here's the here's the lowdown on Iroyal National Park. So it is a national park. You uh, go through the National Park Service. You do have to make um, reservations and you have to get permits to go backpacking. So how do you get there? Where is it? Uh, the Iowa National Park is part of the state of Michigan, but really it's closer to Canada. You can see Canada. You can see Canada. Yeah. So it's very, very, uh, it's very high up north. So you don't have a long summer there. In fact, you only probably, in realistic terms, you have about a month. So Iowa Royale, uh, it's claim to fame as copper. 
Um, everything along with everything else in the UP of Michigan. It's copper, copper, copper. So they used to actually have copper mines on the island, and they still do, by the way. You can still visit some of these old copper mines, and they're all over the place. Um, I mean, the, the Isle Royale goes, they claim it goes all the way back to China. Um, and they think that China actually got there first, but it's, it's very, very historical. And one of the other cool things about I Royal National Park is all the shipwrecks because the ships couldn't see the island before lighthouses were around and they'd run into the reef and they'd sink. Right. So there's a ton of shipwrecks around the island and and the other thing is Lake Superior is not to be played with. Uh, and we're going to kind of follow up with that and tell you why it's so hard to get there. And yeah. that's why it's it's not a lot of people go. But um, but you're going to want to go after we talk, after we share this podcast with you. So if you don't, you don't have a sense of adventure. I'm just going to throw that out oh, there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right. <laughs> okay. So, uh, so we okay, gave so a little we history told you where to go. Right. Right. Well, you, how do you get there? So, the best way to get to Iowa National Park is. I would say the most adventurous way. The most adventurous way, absolutely, is you got to get to the UP of Michigan, right? So, you go up to the very, very tip of the little tiny finger that sticks out of the UP. I call it the finger, <laughs> right? Everybody, I think, right. calls it. And it's finger. called Houghton, H-O-U-G-H-T-O-N, Houghton, Michigan. Right. And it's pronounced Houghton. No, it's not. <laughs> Houghton. Please, please don't say that. <laughs> I tried getting Ariane to say that to the locals up there, but she would not bite on that. See, so see, Scott does these, um, I've caught on to him after all these years, but um, he plays these practical jokes on me. <laughs> and he, he, he thinks he's smarter than I am, she but in go reality. For the, she wouldn't go for the <laughs> In um, reality, I'm a little bit more intelligent than he. But it's pronounced Houghton. And so there's two things that you can, um, there's two ways to get to the island um, from Houghton. One is by the Ranger Three. Well, there's a couple. There's a couple different boats that go there. So there's yeah. a couple different big ports on the island. Well, there's so, two main ports. There's two main ports, right? Um, you know, the 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 main harbor port is where the Ranger Three goes, and you can collect. You can connect there at Houghton. They've got. It's a big ship. It's called the Ranger Three. You have to buy a ticket. It's about a hundred bucks. Oh no, I'm sorry. It's a uh, what is it like 50, 50 no, $35 dollars yeah, a ticket? Yeah, something like that. It's, it's like $35 it's a ticket. Sorry, we didn't know we didn't have that information before that. Um, but it's it's ran through the National Park Service. So the National Park Service owns this boat. It's called the Ranger 3. It's an old World War II vessel. And it's big. So it can carry the Ranger 3 is 165 feet long. It's 35 feet wide. Um, and it's like 640 plus tons. A vessel and it carries about 128 people. So they've got a galley downstairs. They have like a little kitchen and stuff like that. It's a big. It's a big ship. It's yeah. also the cargo ship that goes back and forth and collects like the garbage and things. Well, from it the brings island. and disposes of the the, the supplies that, That's right, that right, you have right. on the islands. Because I mean, you are very remote out there. Absolutely, and to me, that is the only vessel to either get there or get back if if you have that choice. The other vessels, um, they they, it's a shorter distance to the island, but they're not big. And Lake Superior is. Uh, 
can be a little rough. And some of the other uh, ships are called barf barges. Right. So. <laughs> and I think that's all we have to say about that. Yeah. <laughs> so it goes at an extremely rapid pace. And if right. you are anything like me and have motion sickness to any extent, you are not going to want to take this. Right. So the Ranger 3 is one way to get there and the other way to get back. So it goes it goes every other day. And so you have to schedule your trip accordingly to catch it there. It's also a six-hour boat ride from now Houghton that, to the harbor. Okay, but that goes really quickly. When it does you, go fast. Well, especially when you drug yourself. <laughs> well, well, I don't know. Um, <laughs> With some anti-sickness right. uh, medicine. Right. But, and ironically mm-hmm. enough, so... I have to insert this because this was the funniest experience I had gained. So, you know, you're you're exploring this this big ship, and it, and it's pretty big. Um, it's a lot bigger than I think you imagine it to be when you're saying this like passenger ship to like this remote island that doesn't hold that many people. And you're exploring this, and there is, I want to say kind of like a deck area that's enclosed with glass and and there's some seating and some tables and um then there's a tv and lo and behold the only movies on board for you to park in are titanic <laughs> wait whatever all you said ship so anything shipwreck related yeah, yeah. so it's it's all um anything, all disaster movies all disaster movies that have gone wrong with large ships so very ironic at least they have a very good sense of humor so <laughs> i give them kudos for that the other way to get to i royal national park is through a company called i royal seaplanes now, this is the way to go, folks. It's a little if bit If you want to go expensive. visit a, the most one, one of the most beautiful national parks that we have as a country, contact Iroyal Seaplanes. It's iroyalseaplanes.com, okay? Um, it's a 30-minute flight, and you land in a lake. What? It's a seaplane. Of course it's a lake. It's Lake Superior. Oh, no, no, no. No, the island is in the middle of Lake Superior or surrounded by Lake Superior, but this island has inland lakes in the island. So the uh, IRL seaplane kind of scoots around and lands in one of their inland lakes and drops you off right at the deck. Um, and I'm telling you, if you want an adventure, Get take that seat. It is more expensive. It's highly more. So it's about three hundred bucks round trip. But it's so unbelievably worth it. Now I have to say, if you are at all into geography or if you're all into history, like either one of those or both, you will be completely fascinated with what you see from above. So you're about to go hiking and you're backpacking on this like remote island in Michigan and and very few people in the large grand scheme of things actually walk on it so if you see it from above you just get this bird's eye perspective of where you're going and what you're seeing and it it really truly is so fascinating and breathtaking and then they have all these old fishing cabinet cabins um scattered about that are that are still they're, they're technically owned by the National Park, but they're still, I guess, in the hands of the original um, 
bloodline, mm-hmm. I should say. Yeah. Um, so because that that uh, contract, I suppose, hasn't hasn't. It's very actually, historical. It's absolutely breathtaking. So if you have an opportunity to do that and you have a little cash to waste on that, it is one hundred percent worth every moment. Yeah. And I would advise you going that route and experiencing it. And what we do is we go that route in and then exit via the boat. Right. So that that's really the way to do it. That's the way we do it. Um, that's the way we do it every year. So what we do every year is we take this, we drive out to, uh, we, we, we get to Houghton, uh, Michigan, or Hancock, Michigan. Uh, it's very, it's up in the UP. It's right at the tip of the finger. And when I say the tip of the finger, it's, it's right there. Okay. We take a seaplane out there. Um, you know, have, he he puts your backpacks in the seaplane, and then we're when well, we do our five day, we come back to the lodge and to the harbor, and um, we get on the Ranger Three, and we take the six hour Ranger Three uh, boat back to uh, the harbor where our our car is, and yeah. that's how we do it. So so that's how to get there, and that's that's what we would recommend. It's the um and then just Google the Ranger 3 Iroyale, and you can see uh, that vessel. And we'll post those links on our uh, blog site too, by the way, at thebackpacker.tv. So you can just click on those links. So let's talk about Iroyal National Park. So you get there, man, I mean, it is a backpacking paradise, correct? Oh, absolutely. It's beyond fascinating it's it, yeah it's very beautiful so the first uh trek that you can do is you there's all kinds of different back country places that you can that you can camp now they do have tent camping absolutely they do but what we would advise if you want a really good backpacking trip is maybe ditch the tent what how can you go backpacking and lightweight ditch the tent, right but they've got what they call lean-tos there, or these little uh, screened-in places that um, are at every single camp area that you camp at. So you can either do tent camping, your choice, or you can um, stay in one of these lean-tos. And the lean-tos are just like a like an Appalachian Trail shelter or something you'd see, you know, on a trail. I would say glorified. Yeah, but these things have a screen and a door. Yeah, and they are. And there's so a reason why you want a screen clean. and a door, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But they're so clean and they're and they're worth it. And and I don't think we've ever had now you may end up in a busier um, you know, time. You may end up sharing that with uh, people that you don't know, but isn't that the camaraderie of, of backpacking on the trail? So Yeah, if it's about eight it. people. Yeah. If it's about eight people, um, but we've never had we've never been hard pressed not to find um, some available the time that we go. And we're going we're gonna to tell you the best time to go, by the way, at the end of the podcast. But um, we, we never had a problem. So these lean-tos are very, they've got a screen door, um, very, very clean. The, the Michigan DNR uh, is just, oh, my God, the Department of Natural Resources that Michigan has, I mean, it's unbelievably good. Um, I've, been, uh, I've been backpacking in the UP for years. I unbelievably clean they really take care of their environment um and they and all these lean-tos are very very clean um well they have to to contain a self-sustaining yeah you know environment for the wildlife right absolutely so um so we get there so when you plan your route remember that the 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 um 
you know, the island's only 45 miles long and 90 miles wide, right? So you can do a really pretty decent five-day backpacking trip to places like Three Mile or Mosque Basin or um, Cargove or um, what was the other one that we went to? Uh, Traders, uh, Traders Cove. And when you look at uh, when you look at your route, when you plan your backpacking route, um, we we kind of went at one point in time. We actually went. Um, I think that the farthest we went was about 15 miles away uh, from the actual harbor. And then we crossed over the island, went on the other side of the island, and then came back. I think we had one long day where we had to do about 12 miles to start uh, working our way back. Um, but they have a fire tower on the island. And that, that is called Green Ridge Trail. And that is where you see, that's the highest elevation on the island itself. And that is where, when you're up there, you can see views of Canada. Yeah. And it's absolutely breathtaking because you look around you, you can see 360 degrees all around the island. And on one island, you see Canada in the distance. And on the other on the other way, you you see nothing but just just nothing and it's and it just really puts into perspective exactly where you've been backpacking all these many days yep it's really cool yeah it's really really cool and so so let's discuss the wildlife right so right the sleep at your own risk yeah this is why you don't go to bed at i royal <laughs> so um let's see otters will come up up on the well you know up on the uh, boat dock and say hello Yes, yes. We have actually had um, two of our participants actually get to experience the sheer shock of an otter, like aiming directly at their face. Yeah, and they're they're getting up on the boat deck and saying, hello. Um, So that was pretty exciting. We, We, you see a lot of fox. Um, on I Royale, the probably fox probably more fox than anything else. Yeah, the fox on I Royale, uh, they are not shy. Um, they will let you know that they are going to steal something of yours. They will let you know that if you have food, they want it, and um, they come out at night and at dusk, especially at dusk. dusk. Yeah. And we saw a fox work a boat rope for about maybe fifteen minutes, literally strategically untying two ends of a knot trying to get into the kayak to get the food right so when they say like sly like a fox is that the they're same? not kidding yeah <laughs> right they are not kidding so when you actually go to the island before you can actually go to any of the remote sites you have to go through um a I would say an, an L&T training course specifically designated to the island, but you also are advised about the wildlife there. And that's actually something to heed. In most cases, when you're taught or you read about the wildlife in a certain area, it's it's likely that you may not see them. It's, it's probably more likely that you'll never see anything but scat along your route. Well, in the case of Isle Royale, that is 100% incorrect. Um, when they warn you about the wildlife, it is something to take serious and to actually pay attention to because you see an abundant amount of wildlife and you are very interactive with them. I should say they are interactive with you. Um, and they're not afraid of humans. They're, they're accustomed to us. 
they're accustomed to knowing that we have something that they want and they equate it to food. And in this case, it's that much more important that you heed that warning. And this is my LNT rant and I'm so sorry, but but it's so important because on one aspect you're you're literally face to face and I'm talking about inches away from the most beautiful playful fox that you've ever seen which you'd never get that experience and you just want to cuddle it and play with it and let it do whatever it wants well what it wants is to take your food it wants to take all of your belongings so it's so important for the i say um security of 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 keeping wildlife well and that's why the lean-tos have screens on them right so um they work in pairs by the way so while you're gazing at the cute little fox (laughs) they do its team member is back at your lean-to stealing your stuff (laughs) and that's actually when i say they work in pairs i'm not kidding they will distract they have learned to distract and misdirect you so as you're going oh my god let's take a selfie with the fox which you should not do the other fox is stealing your shit at your campsite so that's why the lean-tos have screens and screen doors so when you go to iroyal the one thing that you want to make sure you do is do not leave anything out on your picnic table and then leave your camp area I mean, that's hugely important. You have to have everything in your lean-to, or if you're tent camping, make sure that you are hanging your food bag and and you have no food or smelly items at all in your tent. There's no other uh, dangerous wildlife on there. It's not like bear or or anything else on there. It's just fox. And the foxes don't care what they steal. So if they, you could have like a shiny whistle, boom, gone. You could have a scarf, boom, gone. You could have your car keys, <laughs> boom, gone, right? <laughs> so yeah. you just got to make, they don't care. They're just like, oh, it's shiny, it's pretty, I want it. And then so like there's no rant, there's no rhyme or reason what they steal. If it's out, they'll steal it. So that's our thing about in the wildlife with the foxes. The other thing that uh, to know about the wildlife is that there are 1,200 moose on this island. Yeah. And you will see moose tracks everywhere and you moose go. Scan, yeah. Um, but it's hard pressed to see a moose. Yeah. It's hard pressed <laughs> to see one. Thus, don't go to bed at night. So the reason why we, we named this podcast Sleep at Your Own Risk is because most of this wildlife activity is gonna happen at night. Um, and you don't wanna miss it. So we had a mom, a female moose with her um, child, with her her youngin, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, eating you, you, right next to our camp. I mean, like literally right next to it at one thirty at one thirty in the morning. Yeah, um, ripping off leaves like it was just nothing, chewing it, and um, it was really really cool to to be able to experience that. Um, you know, you stay away from the moose, you keep your distance away from it because these are big, large animals that will uh that if they don't like you will have no idea they they, they they could care less about trampling you but they're pretty used to uh, people there too right um so moose is abundant 1200 moose on the island don't go to bed at night um odds are if you're camping around the three mile campground uh, it's called three mile because it's actually three miles away from the harbor that's why they call it three mile um, a lot of the moose hang out there 
and you'd, you'd probably see moose out there. The other wildlife they have out there is wolf. Um, not so much anymore, um, but for a long time, the Iroyal National Park was a research area too because they had moose and wolf that were inhabiting um, the same space. And so, you know, prey versus, you know, hunter. You know what I mean? Like, how does that work, right? So, um, but the, the wolf hasn't been doing really well. I have personally seen wolf on that island before, um, but there's not that many anymore. I think we were there just last year, and the count was three, and they couldn't track the third one, so they were down to two. So, but they're putting more. They're putting yeah. more wolves on. Yeah, the they're island. bringing. They're bringing them back. They're going to bring them back. So, um, so you've got you've got you've got everything out there. You've got. Um, I mean, you've got moose, you've got wolf, you've got otters, you've, you've got, got badgers, you've hair. got snowshoe hares. You've got Beautiful. so much wildlife out there. Oh, you have squirrels. And you have squirrels. <laughs> but here's the most beautiful thing about Iowa National Park is that um, while you're, there's so many different places to sleep outside um, at your camp areas. Um, we slept outside most of the time. Yeah, there's lean-tos. And yeah, you can pitch a tent. Absolutely. But... Um, it's a good backup plan. If for it's rain. nice outside, sleep sleep outside. Please do not sleep in anything. Sleep outside because you have the northern lights. Right when we go, that's when, a huge. Yeah, when we go. So 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 but, the, I mean, we go at the end of rut season, which is usually the second week of September. Yeah, that's yeah. when we go. And it is right at the end of their season, uh, you know, if just right before they shut down for the season because obviously, you know, um, the waters are way too rough to um, travel back and forth. So it's it becomes very unpredictable. So they do actually shut the island down um, for anything but researchers. So... It's we the go the second the weekend after season. Labor Day, I think. Yeah, yeah, they it shut is. It. So the island shuts down the second week of Labor Day. Absolutely, yeah. no more passengers. Right. Um, so we go at the end of rut season, and that is when the moose are that much more active because obviously they're looking for a mate. They're they're looking, looking to head right. Looking for love in all the wrong places. <laughs> looking for love. Absolutely. <laughs> the wrong place. Yeah. Well, right I place. would think it's the right place. It's the right place. <laughs> There's a lot of female out there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so they're looking for that mate. They're looking to head into winter. So that is when moose are most active. And that is your greatest chance to interact with the moose. I should say, quote, unquote, interact, uh, see from afar. So so that is your best chance to go. Um, there are a lot of pros and cons to that um obviously but um if you want a chance to experience wildlife at its prime peak go in, in september. september in early september yeah, try to catch um try to we love catching that last ferry out because the crew the staff they're all ready they're all on that they're all on that they're all on the ranger three going home right and so it's a very fun it's a it's a very lively crowd and you get to hear a lot of stories um i royal also is you know it not only is it a backpacking destination but there's also a lot of activities out there you can go kayaking it's a huge kayak and canoe area they have channels all within the inner uh, island uh um, parts where you can portage a canoe or kayak they also have scuba diving 
They also have, you can rent boats out there, but they also have a lodge there too. So at the end of your trip, when you're stinky and smelly, you've been out there for five days, right? You can always rent a, um, you know, like a lodge, um, part of the lodge area, and then like take a hot shower and then catch the Ranger 3. It usually arrives around... I think 9 a.m. Really it, it arrives the night before, but it departs like at 9 a.m. or something like that, something like that in the morning time. But um, we go there all the time. Um, I, I I was stuck on the island one time because gale force winds <laughs> came and um, the Ranger 3 could not get there. And I, I, I heard trees like falling down all night. So you never really know what to expect. They do have an outfitter store on the island so you can get backpacking food you can get backpacking fuel but at the second week of september when they are closing call them ahead of time if that's when you're going to go because they're pretty much out of inventory yeah well they're only stocking what they need for a typical season based on last year's sales right oh my god so just call ahead Right, my retail management has come out. Right. <laughs> right. So, right. but that leads us into exactly what we said. We're going to give you the two tips on the best way to travel with your backpack. So, tip number one, you already mentioned it. Mm-hmm. Fuel. Fuel. So, um, a big uh, miss uh, kind of confusion out there. People think that they can um, carry their fuel. Like, if you have the pocket rocket or you have any kind of like. Um, fuel canister, you are not allowed to take that on the airplane. Um, you can get busted really easy if they catch you trying to bring it on the airplane. So that's a big no-no, not even a lighter. They don't even like butane lighters on, on there. So make sure that you do not carry any kind of fuel source, whether you have an alcohol stove, whether you have a pocket rocket, a jet boil, doesn't make any difference if you're going to go to iRoyal or even get on a, if you're going to get on a plane of any kind, even the iRoyal seaplanes they do not want you to carry fuel you may want to you may get away with it commercially but you get the iroyal seaplanes that guy he's tough and if he thinks you're (laughs) carrying fuel i got news for you you're not getting on his plane so he's the boss and he's the pilot so he's the one that escorts you on the six-person plane say one two three four 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 person four person plane (laughs) And uh, all I can tell you is that, um, you know, if he says don't carry it, don't carry it. So um, never, ever, ever, ever under any circumstances carry any kind of backpacking fuel on a, on, a, on the plane. Yeah. I mean, it sounds completely simple. Sounds like common sense, but... <laughs> but it's not so Atlanta, much. Hartfield Airport in Atlanta does, does hold the record for people trying to put carry guns in their packs. So, I mean, I Guns, mean you would fuel. think that. <laughs> Bad combo. <laughs> yeah, you, well, you would think that people would know not to carry a gun through TSA. Right? <laughs> right. So I'm almost positive people forget that they can't carry their backpacking fuel on a plane. Right. Okay. All right. Tip number two. <laughs> a little bit more subdued. Um, okay. So everybody knows that you've spent a lot of money on your backpack, right? How do you travel with it? We all know TSA. We all know that putting your backpack, putting your luggage through the airport sucks on your straps. It's going to rip your backpack apart. So how do you combat that? 
to save your straps and save the lifespan of your backpack, go with the Osprey Airporter LZ. It is their newest version of their backpack cover. It literally is a, a top entry, single zip, throw your backpack right in. It is made of a very durable, lightweight material. And it has a sling strap on it for you that you can attach or untouch when you throw it in with the rest of the luggage. And I gotta tell you, that thing has saved the life of our backpack over these last many years. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Travel, always travel yep. with Osprey. Yep, absolutely. They make their, they probably they make, make great gear. They do, they do yeah. make great gear. Yeah. So this has been our podcast on steroids. I feel like this was like, Iroyal Royal National yeah. Park, you guys. If, if you want a backpacking adventure, I mean, a true backpacking adventure, hit that island. I mean, it is just absolutely... You've got northern lights, wolves, moose, um, all kinds of wildlife. Inter, yeah, it, I mean, uh, inner lakes. Uh, kayak. I mean, you, you have it all. And I'm telling you, there's nobody going to be there. There's hardly anybody that's out there. You'll have those campsites all by yourself. And it's just a great, great adventure. Great, great backpacking adventure. Um, so we have a question from one of our users, Donna G. Um, thank you so much for emailing us. You guys keep the emails coming. Let us know how we're doing. Let us know, um, hey, this was a great podcast. Or no, we'd like to hear this kind of podcast. Or we want to hear more about this, you know, gear reviews or whatever. Let us know. So keep emailing us. We love that stuff. Donna G asked, what is a good weight for a weekend backpacking trip? That's a good question. That's a great question. So, and we get that question a lot. So, um, the three questions I always ask, I always tell people to ask themselves is, you know, where are you going? How long are you going to be there? And is weight important to you? So, I've seen a lot of weekend backpacking guys, um, girls and guys carry a lot of weight because they pack for the what if. Okay, on a weekend backpacking trip, really, how long are you going to be there? Right, two days, two nights. Okay, so, you know, a, a you know, a 45 to 50 liter pack is enough, okay? Your base weight should not be anywhere near 25 pounds. It should be a lot less than that, but 25 pounds, I'll give it to you on a weekend backpacking trip, okay? Um, but again, it depends on where you're going. Are you gonna be climbing up and down mountains, right? That's gonna be a difference between what you pack. You might wanna pack a, a few more snacks. Is it gonna be all flat terrain? That's going to make a difference. So again, where are you going? How long are you going to be there? And then look at weight. You know, how how important is weight to you? Is there going to be water? So there's a big difference. You know, I'm going to be spending two nights in the desert. Well, you're going to be carrying a lot more water, right? Two liters, you know, uh, of water, right? That's, you know, you start adding that up. Two liters, three liters, four liters. That's a lot of weight. No, I'm going to be camping I'm going to be crossing a lot of creeks all the time. Well, then you don't really have to carry that much water, right? Because you can kind of like drink and go, sip and go. So it really kind of depends on where you're going. So always look at that. Donna, that's a great question. Hard to answer without really knowing the terrain and where you're going, whether there's going to be a lot of water there, there's not going to be in a lot of water there. So anyway, um, yeah, keep the questions going. We'd love to hear from you guys. Also, uh, please visit uh, thebackpacker.tv. That's where this podcast is. It's episode 22. Um, and let us know, what's, what's your favorite national park? Where have you gone before? Oh, that's a good one. You know, and let us know where you've gone, what experience you've been. If you've been to Iroyal National Park, 
man, we let us know what your experience was. We love that place. We're going again in September. Um, come and visit us. Come backpacking with us if you want to. Uh, this will be the second week of September uh, 2017 for sure. Um, and then subscribe to our email list. If you're new to backpacking, we want to help you um, avoid mistakes. So sign up for our three mistakes that new backpackers make. And then if you if you're if you know what you're doing, but you just have some general questions and you want to talk to us live, go to thebackpacker.tv, ask us, and you can schedule a time where you can chat live with Ariane and myself and ask us any backpacking questions you want. Gear, trails, you know, weight, anything that food. That's probably Ariane's. Don't, don't, don't <laughs> ask me about food. You might be packing a little heavy. Packing a lot more. But anyway, thanks a lot uh, for listening, you guys. Really appreciate it. And we will see you next Thursday. All right.